Hello, hello. Welcome to Twin Flame Transformation Season 2. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. On today's podcast, I want to talk about two types of spiritual surrender that can be helpful and ultimately imperative on the Twin Flame journey. Also, don't forget to stay to the end while you'll hear another Twin Flame share their story so far. I also want to give a shout out and thank you to Michelle Valenzuela Wolf, who did the podcast takeover for me last week. I hope you all got a chance to listen to her beautiful interview with celebrity psychic and medium Debbie Johnson. If you haven't checked it out, please do. It's a very special interview. And Michelle is just an amazing person. And I'm so grateful for her for doing the podcast takeover. And here's a fun fact. Last week was the two-year anniversary of Twin Flame Transformation. Can you believe it? (laughs) April 15th, 2021, I did my first episode. And this, I think, is the 102nd episode. And I remember at the time, and I think I even say this on the first episode, that I was just hoping information I shared would help at least one person. And so two years later, this has totally gone beyond my wildest dreams. And I'm so, so grateful to all of you listeners for your support for the podcast in the past two years. And I'm so grateful for all the amazing people I've been so fortunate to meet and work with and connect with through this podcast. Truly, truly grateful. So thank you, thank you, thank you all. Okay, let's get started. Now, as you may have experienced, the Twin Flame journey is arguably one of the most challenging things you will ever go through, while also being the most magical and beautiful and profound. But the truth is, this twin flame journey can also be confusing. It can be so hard for our logical 3D mind to understand, and so we often try and figure this twin flame thing out. (laughs) But as my guides often tell me, it's not meant to be figured out. It's meant to be lived. Just like life, right? Philosophers are always attempting to figure out life since the beginning of time. But life is meant to be experienced and lived rather than figured out. And in fact, the best way that's been known to describe life has been through metaphors and myths and symbols, right? But our egos, our egos want to figure it out so that we can know we are safe. Because if we can figure out out this journey, then on some level, we feel that we can control it and then we can believe we are safe. It's all about being safe. But what this twin flame journey is really asking of us is to remember who we are, to remember that we are divine beings of light and love. And when we are in union with that divine part of us, we don't need to do anything or figure anything out. We are just being. And in that place, we are fully present. But in order to be fully present, There has to be a surrender of control, a surrender of attachment, a surrender of clinging to anything. So let's look at surrender. By mere association of the word, right, our first thought of surrender may not be in the spiritual context and may in fact be negative, right? We may think of surrendering as surrendering something we are fighting for. And in fact, some of the synonyms of surrender are to yield, give in, concede, relinquish control, right? And most of these are in the context of another person where we lose ourselves or something we believe in. 
But the two types of surrender I'm referring to here are spiritual surrender. These are different. And the first type of spiritual surrender on this twin flame journey is when we surrender to the present moment. And the second type is when we surrender the control of this journey and turn it over to our higher power and the will of divine source. Right? Both of these types of surrender, we relinquish control over our ego and over anything that no longer serves us, no longer serves our highest good. We let go of micromanaging our lives and we surrender to the bigger picture. Now, both of those are easier said than done. When we practice surrendering to the present moment, that's when we'll first notice our attachments to our thoughts and the need to control our life, right? Any of you who have done that in meditation, you know what I'm talking about. And like I mentioned earlier, it's really our ego that is trying to control us, right? As well as any unconscious beliefs in our body. And as Eckhart Tolle says, it's our ego and our pain body that believes that any thought about the future is greater than actually being in the present moment. I love that. That puts it in context because all of our unconscious beliefs and all of our ego's way of doing things is all about trying to protect our fears, our fears of abandonment, our fears of loss, our fears of not getting love. Right? And because of all the confusion the twin flame journey can bring us, our ego and any pain in our body will try and protect us by holding on to the past or taking us into the future because it can sometimes seem unsettling and unsafe to surrender to the present moment and the enormity of the energy of what this twin flame journey can bring. If we're ruminating about the past with our twin flame or fantasizing about a future or trying to figure them out in any way, we are clinging and attaching to anything but the present moment. And here's the biggest takeaway of anything of this entire episode. Your twin flame can only find you in the present moment. And your twin flame, whether they're conscious of this journey or not, will feel any control you try and do around the journey or them, any iota of control. They will energetically feel this because of the soul-to-soul -soul resonance and connection. They will feel anything that is not unconditional love, and that any energy of control or attachment will repel them. Because any clinging or attaching or worry or trying to figure anything out is not energy that's aligned with our soul. Our divine soul is unconditional love. Our soul lives in the present moment, only in the present moment, right? Love only lives in the present moment. Divine source energy only lives in the present moment. When we connect with source, we don't connect in the future or the past. We connect in the present moment right here. If we want to connect to our twin flame, we must be in the present moment. But this is also where our ego and our unconscious parts will fight us. And in fact, this thought may come up, but my twin flame is not here in the present moment. And if that thought occurs, then you could know that the ego is running the show, right? If we even have that thought, we're not in the present moment. And no, our twin flame may not be in the present moment, but neither are we if our ego is saying that. 
And it's so important to remember that this is a soul-to-soul connection. Our souls only live in the present moment. Their soul only lives in the present moment. And so this journey, by its very design, is reminding us to live in the present moment. In fact, divine feminine energy is, is an energy of being, not doing. Being right here, right now. And because this being present can be challenging, right? This is when we call in the second type of spiritual surrender. When it's challenging to let go of our attachment to our twin flame or be in the present moment, we ask the divine God for help, for guidance. We turn this journey over to divine source energy and our higher self. We surrender the outcome to a higher power, our soul. We may say, please, 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 divine source of all, please take the burden of this journey off of my hands. I no longer know what to do. I can no longer stand the constant pull and longing for my twin flame. I'm doing everything I know how to do. But this is calling for a higher vibrational help than I'm able to do on my own. For my good and the highest good of all. Please, I surrender this journey and its outcome to you, divine source energy, to you and my higher self for the highest good of all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In fact, there may come a time on your journey where, when this is all there is left to do. Surrender to the present moment and surrender your journey to the divine, which ultimately is what union energy is. It's being present at all times and in alignment with divine source at all times. And in this presence of the now and of the divine and of unconditional love, you're not worried about your twin flame or trying to figure this journey out or figure them out or figure out the future or what it all means, right? Rather, you're living life to its fullest and at your highest timeline. When we spiritually surrender on this twin flame journey, We are given a ticket to unconditional love and freedom. And this unconditional love is what we are ultimately wanting from our twin flame anyway. Spiritual surrender teaches us that we already have everything we need inside of us. We don't need our twin flame to get there. We just have to be present and surrender to divine source to find it. I'm going to end with a quote by Rumi. It says, Try something different surrender. Oh, I hope that has been helpful. I know this journey is certainly extraordinary and challenging. But if you would like to share your twin flame journey so far, please do send a voice recording about five to 10 minutes long to twin flame transformation 11 at gmail.com. Don't forget the 11. Or you can send it in text form and I will read it. I keep hearing time and time again how how much the listeners are you listeners are loving these twin flame shares so if you haven't shared your journey and you would like to please send it in and just know that this is your journey today right a year from now it may look totally different and so we honor these journeys for where they are today and and share and celebrate them with you and if you're looking for further group support We do have a Facebook group called Alchemical Souls, and you can search for it under groups and Molly will let you in. And now, please join me as we listen to our next Twin Flame Share.
I think this journey truly began for me when my grandfather died. I was 29 years old. The day after his funeral, I returned home to Miami and went to bed exhausted. In the middle of the night, I opened my eyes and believe it or not, I saw an angel floating above my bed. I lied there in awe with tears streaming down my face and I felt that angel talk to me. I knew it was the spirit of my grandfather. I fell back asleep and the next morning I ended a two-year long-distance relationship, a very healthy and happy relationship, with a man who was living in New York City. When he asked me why, I couldn't tell him, and he was going to move in with me that week. From one day to the next, I had changed, and that angel was the reason. I suddenly realized that there was someone and something else out there for me. I just didn't know what, and I was just as confused by my choice as him. But in the years to follow, it was almost as if I was being called to another person. I never felt truly settled in any one place. I would have relationships and fall in love, but I knew it just wasn't the guy. I felt another part of me was out there. It was just bizarre. If I'm being honest, I started hating myself a little because of it. Like, why couldn't I just be like other women? But in the years that followed my grandfather's death, I began having synchronicities too numerous to share. I met healer after healer. I had one unexplainable spiritual experience after another. Now, in the months leading up to my ex-boyfriend agreeing to move to Miami, I had refused to locate to New York. But five years later, I would end up moving there because I became convinced that my counterpart was living there. However, in the two and a half years that I lived in New York, I never met him. Having left my profession in healthcare to study art and writing in the city, I returned to South Florida to resume my career. It was around 2014, shortly after I moved back, that I started having dreams of a man I thought was Lenny Kravitz. I know that sounds a little crazy, but now (laughs) Lenny Kravitz does volunteer work in the Bahamas in the field in which I work. I would hear what I thought was his voice in meditation and the dreams continued. So I got into my head at that time that I would meet him and I actually even exchanged emails with his manager with the intention of working on a volunteer project with he and his team. That never came to fruition, but it was because of my desire to connect with the energy, being kind of witchy, that I thought was him that I traveled to New York City and stayed in a hotel that I had seen in a photograph taken by Lenny Kravitz. Well, I didn't meet him and I didn't feel connected to his energy, but I ended up falling in love with that hotel. Something about it felt safe and calm. I started writing the draft of my first book on my trips there, which became more and more frequent. Having forgotten all about Lenny, one day I came in from the cold and sat at the bar of the hotel. The bartender struck up a conversation with me And in the first five minutes of speaking to this man, it was like I had known him my whole life. Almost immediately, he started telling me about the very intimate details of his life, how he was going through a breakup and the pain that he was experiencing. He was waiting on her to come to the hotel to get the keys to the apartment they had been sharing. I was completely caught off guard. I just thought, how was he telling these things to me, a total stranger? But something about it felt normal and comfortable. 
so comfortable in fact, that each time I returned to the hotel, I put up a wall with him and tried not to get to know him very purposefully. Despite my efforts, every time I sat at that bar, I did get to know him a little better. In all the months that I spent there, I never saw him speak at length to another woman, so I knew that our encounter had been an aberration for him. By this time, I had done enough spiritual work and therapy to be able to recognize patterning in my choices. I came to realize that he held similar qualities and characteristics to many of the men I had dated, not to mention, in my mind, I refused to date another bartender. (laughs) And even though those men were not similar to each other, I was more and more convinced that I shouldn't flirt with him or get to know him in any romantic way, and I didn't. I was also ridiculously attracted to him. He was so beautiful. And I didn't want to get my heart broken. I also didn't want to repeat the mistakes I had made. By this time, I was living on an island. And one night, about five years ago, I woke in the middle of the night crying because I felt a man in New York City. I cried in frustration because somehow I knew that I had met this man that I thought was my reflection but I couldn't figure out who it was. Finally, in June of 2020, I had a moment where I made the decision to let go. I sat down and had a conversation with a close friend of mine and told her that I was done searching. And what I said to her was that I had to have been lying to myself all along and that the man I thought I felt could not possibly exist because I hadn't found him and by this time I was in my early 40s. I told her I was done suffering and that I had to just get on with my life. I mean, I had dated and dated. I had even been in love a few times, but I said to her, he just can't be out there. This is stupid and I'm done. I remember her telling me that if I thought that and had felt him, that it had to be true. He had to exist. But in that moment, I really was convinced that I had been crazy and was succinct in the decision. I wasn't upset by it. I was just tired and wanted to give up. So I did right in that moment. Now, earlier that day, the bartender I had met posted on Instagram, and it was a post about Black Lives Matter. It was super artistic and angry even, and I was quite moved by this post. We had been following each other, but we really hadn't had much of an exchange, so I didn't comment or write to him. But that night, I had a dream. And in it, digital rain appeared like in the beginning of the movie, The Matrix. When the rain cleared, I was lying in a chair looking out over a swimming pool. I could hear a voice to my left, and that voice said to me, I'm right here. All you have to do is turn your head and look at me. When I did, I saw him, the man behind the bar, the man I had done everything I could to not know. We opened a bottle of champagne, took a sip, and then dove into the water. In the dream, we were in love. We were a couple. Well, the next morning I woke up and sent him a message. I commented on his video and without giving him details, also told him that I had dreamt of him. He responded to me that he had always had love for me. I was shocked by this, but with all the nerve I had, I invited him to come visit me. Now, that didn't happen right away, but what did happen was an exchange by two artists, and I fell in love with him almost immediately. 
I have never met anyone before or since who could self-express the way he could. We would write back and forth and share our art, my writing, his music, my paintings and drawings, and then his too. Those emails eventually turned into voicemails that were sometimes as long as 15 minutes. After we got closer, our phone calls would go on for hours. We had an emotional connection that I had never had with anyone, not even in my long-term relationships or with the man I had been married to in my early 20s. It took me a while to connect all the dots, the dreams, the reason I had become connected to a man in New York, the fact that I had written my entire first book in that hotel. I know now that it was because his energy was activating my creativity, and because of him, that hotel felt like home. It hadn't been the space at all. Since he and I have known each other more intimately, I have never returned to it or wanted to. And all the men I had known before him... I know now that I was just searching for him in them, feeling myself getting closer and closer all of those years, almost two decades of my life. Oddly, I've been surrounded by twin energy for most of my life. My brother and I are 16 months apart. Our names are similar. We were named like twins. And even though we were estranged for almost seven years, our life choices and dispositions are alike. People who meet us when we are together usually just assume we are twins. I never thought much of it. And I suppose that if you're still listening, you have now figured out by this time that this man was also the spitting image of a younger Lenny Kravitz. He, he is even an actor and a musician. In the last three years, we have become more friends than lovers, but I loved him like I have never loved anyone. And we have gone back and forth being connected and sometimes not. The not usually happening by my choice out of frustration. Then I go through a period of suffering, then I return. No matter what would happen, it was like I couldn't help but love him unconditionally. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I mean. Even today, knowing he cannot be the man I want in this moment, I still love him. But this last September, I couldn't take it anymore, so I ended it and tried very hard to hurt him. And regrettably, I succeeded. I sent a text message that I thought would keep him from speaking to me which actually worked, and also keep me from ever returning to our connection. I thought if I could destroy us, I could move on. Oh, how wrong I was. Not a day goes by that I don't think of him. Now, I never thought of us as being twin flames, not until a few weeks after we disconnected in September. And it's funny to think about it now, because in the weeks prior, he had sent a voicemail where he spoke about our oneness, even made a reference to us being flames, if you can believe it. And our lives have been one reflection of the other. Oh, and of course, we have the same childhood wounding. In December, I found Michelle and did some of the hardest inner work I have ever done. And let me tell you, friends, I have done some hard work. I can't help but still think of him fondly because without having met him, I wouldn't be here. Finally having peace, having learned to stand for myself, and having healed leftover childhood wounds that I didn't want to look at anymore. The reason I wanted to share my story was because there is so much suffering in these Twin Flame shares. There has been in mine too. But I want you to know that if you aren't on the other side of your healing, it really is there. And it can come quickly, as Michelle says to me, a quantum healing. In closing my story... 
I want to share a belief that I currently have, at least in this moment, which is something I say quite a lot because I change and grow rapidly, especially now. And it is one that I hope will give you hope. In nearly all of these stories, there is a boundary to this love we find ourselves in. I don't think that's a mistake. In my connection, there are and were many boundaries, race, age, education, financial status, distance. I had to even come to terms with the way I viewed mental illness in another. But despite all of those barriers, like so many of you, I loved and I was loved. I know that now he even loves me. I feel him loving me. He and I found love. Now, it may not be the way other people think of love, one that results in marriage or children or something out of a romance novel, but it is and was love. Now, I want you to think about all the things going on on our planet right now, all the barriers to love and connection and the disharmony. To me, the twin flame journey is so much bigger than any of us, even though, rightfully so, this journey is healing each of us. To me, what it's really about is a wave of souls coming here to show the world how to love. So we as women, and I'm saying women and men because most of these stories are told by women about their journey with a man. I hope you'll forgive me of that if you're same sex. And we have figured out a way to get us halfway there. Because if you listen to most of these twin flame shares, it's the men who still need to do the work and who can't let go who are maybe choosing ego over love still. But in a few of these stories, these men have pushed through those blocks and obstacles. And that is a beautiful thing because it inspires others. And if those obstacles and what are considered impossibilities or barriers to love are overcome by groups of two people here on this planet, and those two people are doing nothing more than just choosing each other despite their obstacles and differences, and loving each other, then I invite you now to think about how many people could be influenced by that love. To me, that is the higher purpose of the twin flame journey, but we cannot do all of the work. We have to let our counterparts do the rest. We have to leave it to them to also choose love, which I think they are meant to do, just as humanity is meant to ultimately do. Love, it's my belief, is what will save us from each other. And it's my belief that we are the souls here trying to bring that to the world. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But in the meantime, we get to enjoy all this earth has to offer. Beauty, travel, art, dancing, sex, food and wine, and loving, absolutely loving lots of people. Sometimes even loving other souls who are married, which is another barrier of many of the, that many of the twins encounter. Because of If you truly think about how silly the concept of marriage is, sorry if I'm offending someone who's married, and just choosing one person to love is, well, how much sense does that make really when we are all so full of love? So be love. And if you're listening, take a moment to send out a little thought or prayer to the divine masculine because we do need them and the rest is up to them.